BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. NBA fans, welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press. I'm your host, Nick, and uh, as always, my uh, confidant, uh, uh, Joel. What's up, man? What's up, dude? Let's do this. Yeah, man. Easter Conference preview. We got uh, all the all the updated lineups and everything up to this point. We're going to uh, delve into it. Uh, Jawan should be joining us a little later. Um, so let's get started, man. Uh, so we're going to just break this down alphabetically. We're going to start with, of course, my Atlanta Hawks. Uh, just just sort of happened that way. Um, all right, so the Hawks, man, they got a, they got a, a starting lineup, a, a projected starting lineup. We'll just say that. Schroeder, Bazemore, yeah. Prince, Ilyasova, Deadman, main bench players would be Delaney, uh, Bellinelli, Bembry, Collins, and Muscala. Um, what, what do you think about uh, just about the Hawks lineup in general and, and what they've kind of decided to do with, with rebuilding and going forward? And what do you, um, what do you think about their, their team and, and how they'll fare in this upcoming season? Uh, well, man, uh, the Hawks are, they're in the rebuilding mode now, man. Their, their guys are gone. Uh, Millsap's gone. Howard's gone. Uh, they, they they were taking in contracts. They just they, they were building from the ground up, um, and they're gonna go build through Schroeder. Schroeder is their guy. He's gonna be the main dude this year. Um, Torian Prince is gonna obviously stay at small forward. I I agree with your projected starting lo- lineup. I mean, it's not. I wouldn't really change much. Uh, maybe the rookie Collins gets in there uh, sometime this year, but maybe not right right away because Ilyasova is a vet and. He's going to get the nod at least. Um, He's going to at least get the benefit of the doubt, and he's got to lose it, and Collins has to play really well, which I I don't doubt that he can do. So Um, They're not going to be that good this year, though, dude. I mean, (laughs) they don't need to be, though, because that's not what they're trying to do. It's all about building and and developing, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's time, though. You know, they have to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've been very uh, outspoken about 
you know, being being pretty happy that they have decided to go the route they're going and, and rebuild. Um, and, you know, I kind of hope, um, you know, with, with what we have, I don't think we'll be the worst record in the league, but I think we'll be, you know, in, in about the bottom five teams in the league as far as record concerned. Um, you know, honestly, I hope that we get a pick around number four, number five. We pick up Luka Doncic, um, and then we build with, you know, Schroeder, Doncic, Prince, and Collins. Um, I think that would be, you know, a, a pretty formidable quarter to, to start building with. Um, you know, you wait for Bazemore's contract to come off the books. You wait for Plumlee's contract to come off the books. Um, and then you can go out and make some free agent splashes, hopefully when those younger players have had, had time to mature. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I completely agree with your assessment. I think um, it's going to be a rebuilding year. Um, they'll be one of the bottom teams in the East. Um, which will put them in one of the bottom teams in the league, of course. Um, but like you said, not a bad, not a bad thing. It's, that's kind of what we're planning for. Get, get this this group of young uh, players working together, and you know, come what may. Um, so moving on, we got the Boston Celtics. Uh, dude, okay, so the Celtics—they've they've kind of been the, the the biggest splash maker in this this whole off season. Um, they've only got four people returning from, from last year's roster, um, in fact, which is, which is kind of crazy. Um, but, uh, as far as, um, you know, projected starting lineup, um, you let me know if you agree. I'm pretty sure you will. Um, Kyrie, uh, Brown, Hayward, Morris, and Horford. And then, uh, your, your main, uh, contributors off the bench will be Smart, Rozier, Tatum, Yabusele, Ojale, and Baines at the center position. Um, man, I'm excited. I'm excited to see the Celtics team. Um, what do you think about their uh, their roster, how they'll fare this season, and do you think they'll give the Cavs a run for their money? Uh, I think the Celtics will give uh, any team a run for their money. They have a pretty cool team. I'm not, they're young. They're athletic. They're Now, if they have any issues, it's going to be – uh, maybe in the beginning of the year because they got to learn how to gel together. Because like you said, like four people were coming back from last year, which is insane. Mm-hmm. For the, this is the best team in the East last year, record-wise, not Eastern Conference Championship or anything. But they did get there. They got to the championship game and lost. Against it. You know, to, to LeBron, it's gonna happen, guys. Is I haven't seen the team take out LeBron in like years, so it's not their fault. It's just what it is. Um, but they're powerful. They got Kyrie Irving now. They got Gordon Hayward. They got Al Horford. That's their big three right now. They got a fighter there in Marcus Morris. Uh, Jalen Brown, I liked what I saw out of him last year. Um, him being a guard or a small forward is really depending on what they need him for. I think Hayward can play guard more, I mean, easier for him because he can handle the ball better than Brown could. So I figure mm-hmm. Brown is probably more a natural small forward than he is shooting guard, and he's probably not a great, as good a shooter either. So I'm just saying that's why I, I had Hayward as, as, as a, more of a guard. But it didn't really matter. They're both wing players. They're going to be playing the wing regardless. Brown is going to be defending the best player. That is how it's going to go in the starting five. Off the bench, you got Smart, who's always been a good player for them. Uh, Terry Rozier will probably be the one getting the most minutes uh, at the guard position with Smart. You got Tatum. You got Baines, who's a pretty solid. Um, I hope Tatum can step up. So Tatum's going to be a big factor for them. If Tatum can do anything, um, he's going to be the leading scorer off the bench for them, hopefully, for them, maybe be their sixth man. But that's kind of where things get, like, light. You know, because Baines is not even a high – I wouldn't call a high role player, but he is – he's decent. But, I, I mean, right next to him, it's like, who? 
<laughs> it's like <laughs> Daniel Pierce. That's what I'm saying. Daniel Pierce is okay. They just got him recently. He's been playing well, actually, in the, the FIBA tournament. He's playing for Germany with, with Schroeder. So I like what mm-hmm. I've seen out of him. But aside from that, I mean, they're not very deep unless Ojale starts stepping up. And I, I think Ojale is more guard forward than, than power forward. You know what I mean? So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I like them, though. Yeah, I mean, I like their lineup a lot, and I especially like maybe not not them to 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 you know make big a big splash this year as far as doing better than they did last year. Um, I think they'll be right there where they were last year. Um, but I mean, I think it'll take a year for them to gel together, especially for Tatum and Brown even to take the, those kind of next steps that are necessary. Um, and I really like Yabusele, man. I think. Um, I was really impressed with his his um, performance overseas last year. Where you know, after he dashed him, um, and I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. Ojale, he's to me, he's kind of he plays in between that three and four. He he plays small ball four, um, but but I think you're right. Mostly play on the wing. Um, right. It's just going to depend on what they need him for. Um, but yeah, I think what'll be interesting is is you know. Um, you know, obviously their their center position. I can see Morris playing a good bit of center this year when Horford is resting, um, yeah. and them trying to rotate Tatum <laughs> in. Um, I, do you think? Do you think by the end of the season, Tatum, you could see Tatum being their starting power forward? Because I think that's a distinct possibility. Um, yeah, I could see it. I mean, I wouldn't bet on it, but I could definitely see it. I think because of the fact, I don't know what. Tatum is going to give to you defensively, and I kind of know what I'm going to get from Marcus Morris, at least as a scrapper. You know what I mean? Whereas Tatum, right. I know you're going to get offense, and I think he's the future, if not at the at the three, then definitely at the four for them because he could definitely be the modern-day stretch four um, mm-hmm. for a team. And it, maybe that's his future, uh, but maybe not this year. But I, I could definitely see it. I wouldn't I wouldn't count it out at all. And like you said with Yabuselli, I don't I don't know him that well. But I, I've heard good things about him, and hopefully he can step up and be that backup, that other big that they need. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he's he's kind of one of those those kind of small ball fours as well. But he doesn't yeah. he doesn't really play three. Uh, I think he's only about like six eight, um, and he he really yeah. is more yeah. of a four or five combo, which is which is weird. Kind of kind of like a Draymond Green type. Um, right, right. You know, not putting him in that same category of talent, but the same type of player. Um, right, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I think they'll be really interesting to see. Um, you know, a lot of people have been talking about how they gave up a lot of depth, and they did give up a good bit of depth, especially, they you did. know, in some of their bigger um, bigger positions um, and a lot of turnover with their with their, um, with their their players. But I think they're, they're on the right track with the, the players they got, the age that those players are, um, and, and kind of what they're building towards, and they still have assets to play with. So... Um, you know, I think it'll be really interesting to see what um, what kind of moves the Celtics might make throughout the season, um, as well, depending on how the you know season transpires and and what they'll make in the near future and, and long term. I think it'll be super interesting to watch. They're definitely, to me, the Celtics are the most intriguing team and have been for the past like two years, as far as off season stuff and what they're going to do and everything else. Yeah. Um, all right. So moving on, we got the Brooklyn Nets, everybody's favorite doormat. Um, so you know, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. 
I really like some of their off-season moves, man. I mean, they they, they pick up Russell, which you know he wasn't. He was, they wanted to, to clear Mozgov off their books over in LA, so they pick up Russell through through taking on Mozgov's contract. Um, sure. They pick up Damari Carroll, um, and they get a draft pick in that, and that was purely for for Toronto right. to clear cap. Um, and I think he's he's pretty decent. They pick up Crab and another uh, cap clearing move uh, from. Um, from uh, Portland, and that was a guy that they um, had basically signed last year, and Portland matched it. So they got a guy that they already wanted. Um, so really, I think what you're looking at is probably Russell, Crab, Carroll, Booker, Mozgov, with a bench of Lynn. You'll maybe get a little bit of Dinwiddie. Um, he played pretty well last year in Lynn's absence. Um, Levert and Kilpatrick, I think, will probably split a little time. Hollis Jefferson, uh, Quincy AC, um, and then you know they just picked up uh, Tyler Zeller. Um, so what do you, what do you think about uh, Brooklyn's off season moves? And do you think do you think it's enough to at least get them out of the like the, the worst five teams in the league? I, I think it makes them at least the best of the worst five. <laughs> like, <and> then, <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not. I don't, I don't hate the way it looks. It's not a good team at all, but I like the moves. Like you said, I like the moves they made. Like they brought in um, D'Angelo Russell. I like that move. I like uh, – I know they had to take in Mazdov. Mazdov's not that bad. He's just overpaid. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. he definitely right. – he doesn't need that kind of money. Um, but I know Mazdov could play when, when he when he needs to. So I'm not hating on Mazdov. We, we like Mazdov. We're the ones that originally signed Mazdov. So we know – what we like, and I like Timothy Mozgov. So I wouldn't count him out. Jamari Carroll, uh, that was another good move to bring him in just so you can get that pick. That was very smart. Now they're just eating cap. <laughs> like they, they know they're going to suck, so they don't really care. That was another good move. Jamari Carroll's not a bad right. player. He's just been an injury-prone player. They're not worried about him. If he starts and he gives them good minutes and it keeps them out of the bottom of, uh, bottom of the – Bottom of the pack, that helps them a lot because they don't want to be the worst because they don't get to keep their pick this year. So Mm -hmm. what it really means for me is that I do want to see – I want to see definitely Jared Allen get his minutes, though. I don't want want anybody impeding on that. So a guy like Quincy A.C. or Zeller might get screwed out of that because the rookie needs to get his playing time. I think he needs to be developed, especially this year when they're not really playing for anything except not being the worst. You feel me? Right. You know? And I like a guy like Trevor Booker. Booker and AC are pretty much the same player, except Booker's just a little better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I like yeah. Alan Crabb. Alan Crabb's a good player. I, I don't disagree with your starting lineup. Uh, I mean, it's possible they even start Lynn next to Russell. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. But uh, the lineup as it is, I, I don't. I, it's not a bad lineup. Russell, Crabb, uh, Carolyn Booker, Mazel can is better than the, the Hawks starting lineup, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Schroeder's probably the best player out of any of those guys, but as far as just cohesiveness yeah. and, and experience, I mean, uh, yeah, I would tend to agree with you on that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see, too, because I think they could definitely start, um, or at least maybe not start, but play a lineup of Russell, Lynn, Crab at the three, and then you could even mm-hmm. move Carroll to the four. And then yeah. um, maybe play Booker at the five or get Allen in there at the five. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and of course, you still got Hollis Jefferson, who I think is uh, um, he's kind of a very overlooked player because he's young and he and he's played on such shitty teams for a while. Um, yeah. But I, I, I like his play. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think I think 
it'll be interesting to see how they work their lineups, like just, just what they do. And also like just what kind of further moves they make. They still have a little bit of flexibility as far as cap space. Um, you know, I, I, I know that uh, we had talked about um, them, them kind of being one of the partners in the, uh, in the mellow to wherever deal. Um, I'd throw out the Spurs as possible <laughs> if, if Mello would agree to go to the Spurs, but I think that could work for Houston too. Um, it would just depend on what they would be getting back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think they'll be an interesting team to watch, um, it, you know, as far as, you know, are they going to – are they gonna is the record going to be better than Atlanta? Is it going to be better than, you know, say, um, Chicago? Um, there, you know, there's a few teams down there in that pack that they – I feel like they will probably be better than. Um, Orlando could be another one. Um, so, you know, it'll, I think it'll be interesting. I think they will be kind of an interesting team to watch. And I would think – I tend to agree with you. I think they'll probably be, like, one of the best of those five worst. <laughs> like, I don't think they're going to have the worst record in the league this year, though. So, I don't think so either. It's going to try so hard where, not to be. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you got other teams who have every incentive to. <laughs> um all right, so moving on, we got we got Charlotte up next. Um, I I really actually think that Charlotte's going to surprise a lot of people this year. They kind of surprised a lot of people a couple years ago. I don't think anyone thought they were good, and they kind of came out of nowhere. Um, and then they had a really down year last year, um, just a lot of a lot of injuries. Of course, Cody Zeller got hurt, which completely fucked up their whole chemistry. Um, so, I mean, I think, I think with him being back and healthy, them picking up Howard, uh, I think could be big as long as they utilize him correctly. Um, so as far as their starting lineup, I have Walker, Batum, Kit Gilchrist, uh, Marvin Williams, Dwight Howard, and off the bench, Michael Carter Williams, uh, Malik Monk or Lamb. I put Lamb at the three just because they don't really have a, a reliable backup three and he can play it. So maybe... Monk at the backup two, give Lamb the minutes at three, Kaminsky at four, and then Zeller at the five. Um, I think that's a pretty damn good lineup. I think that's a playoff lineup, no doubt, especially with Atlanta, you know, taking a step back, um, Indiana taking, you know, uh, obviously not being as good as they were last year, um, and Chicago taking, you know, like seven steps back. Um, so, uh, but, but what do you think about that? You think Charlotte's got a pretty good chance of making the playoffs? Would you put them in your in your top eight in the East? Yeah, uh, I, I would. I would. I, I like Charlotte. Uh, they had a disappointing year last year. Um, they didn't really make any major moves, but they drafted Monk, who uh, a lot of people like. I like myself. Uh, they brought in Carter Williams, who has he's been having off years, but I think he's still a solid point guard. And he compliments you. He won a rookie of the year once upon a time, you know? Like <laughs> I know, he's not a scrub, but he hasn't really he's been kinda quiet the last couple of years since his rookie his rookie year. So it's sad because mm-hmm. I he was I thought he was he's better than I think he's been portrayed. So I this is his chance to be the main backup on, on, on a Charlotte team that should be able to make the playoffs. Uh you got you got Howard now. You got Dwight Howard. I mean, he's not what he once was, but he's still a solid big and should give them exactly what they need. If I had to say, if there was anything missing from this team, is they probably need another athletic uh, stretch forward type like Marvin, maybe better than Marvin, mm-hmm. um, for them to compete. Yeah, because Kaminsky in this day and age is more of a stretch five, really. Exactly. exactly. Him and Zeller kind of cancel each other out. You can't have them out there all the time together. They can't defend. It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So 
you can't have Williams, Kaminsky, and Zeller. You need one more athletic wing, and they don't got one right now. And that's if anything, that's the only thing that's that's killing them. And you know what's funny about Batum and Kid Gilchrist? It's kind of how I see uh, Jalen Brown and um, um, Hayward. I look at them very similar. Like I think Batum and, and Hayward are very similar in the way they play, and I think Kid Gilchrist and Jalen Brown. And maybe Jalen Brown is probably a better player, but Kid Gilchrist is exactly what I think of when I think of what Jalen Brown could be. Maybe, but maybe Brown's better. But anyway, Charlotte should make the playoffs this year. There should really be no excuses. Like I said, they only have one major hole—not major hole, but a hole that I think I, they really have. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I like your point too about uh, about Batum and Kid Gilchrist compared to the uh, the, the Celtics wings. Because, um, yeah, I, I do look at Batum, and, and he does remind me a lot of Hayward. Um, very similar players, um, very good all-around players. Not great right. at, like, anything, but, like, Batum, any given night, and I think even more so as far as all-around player, because I think Hayward's definitely a, a little better scorer than Batum. But, like, yeah. Batum can get you a triple-double. Like, he can get you 10, 10, and 10 in a given night. Like, yeah, and yeah, yeah, he's a great passer. Um, he's 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 pretty good at guarding. Like he gets he gets a you know he'll he'll have games where he'll get four and five steals. Um, yep. And you know, I mean he's just yeah, and he, I mean I think he's like six eight, and they're, they you know they play him at yep. the two, um, which is which is interesting. Uh, and, and I wanted to point out one more thing. Um, as far as for their for their bench, um, I think I think. Carter Williams is in for like kind of a resurgence with this team, or at least could be. And here's why: um, I think Carter Williams' his biggest kind of um, uh, pitfall as a player is he's not a great shooter, and that's what's hurt him as the league has evolved to more um, uh, point guard uh, or shooting uh, dominant point guards, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He he is not that player. But here's the thing: you compare if you pair him up with a guy like Malik Monk. Who you know, I I know I know he's streaky. Like yeah, we all know that. But if Malik Monk is on and and you play him and Carter Williams at the same time, Carter Williams is mm-hmm. six foot six. He's got the length to, to be able to guard the three or the the, the two, which means you can utilize right. Monk as a as a uh, as a guarding the point guard on on um, on defense. Um, and that mm-hmm. sort of hides one of Monk's biggest flaws in that he's you know like six three, I think. Um, yeah. And I think that's a good pairing. That's a really good pairing off the bench to bring in Carter Williams and Monk at the same time. And then, you know, if you've got Monk, you've got Jeremy Lamb, you've got Kaminsky, all kind of surrounding Carter Williams, those are guys who can shoot the ball. Like, uh, I mean, Lamb's, Lamb's a reasonably good shooter. Kaminsky's good for the kind of player he is. He's good for a big as far as, as, far as range. Um, so, I mean, I could see – I could definitely see, um, you know, some, some – um, interesting lineups that they could they could prepare and very very well um, utilize both Carter Williams and Monk on the floor at the same time. What do you think about I, that? I got a I got an idea like I got a, like a lineup idea right now. I wouldn't be surprised if Carter Williams ends up playing some point forward and having Walker and Monk out there at the same time. Move Batum to the four like stretch four and maybe play Kaminsky at the five and you have shooters surrounding. Carter Williams, he could do whatever he needs to do because he's not the shooter, but everyone else around him can score. You know what I mean? It's interesting. It's very interesting. I think the only, my only my only concern with that is is playing too much of Walker and Monk at the same time because they're both right. like six two, six three, um, and Monk's yeah. already kind of a weak defender. Um, like I, w- I wouldn't necessarily say he's a weak defender, but he's he's certainly unproven in the sense that he hadn't even played a game yet in the NBA. Um, 
ESPN, uh, I'm, I'm talking to you idiots for saying that, that Lonzo Ball is better than Carmelo Anthony. Hadn't even played a game in the NBA. <laughs> Y'all are fucking ridiculous. Um, uh, but, uh, but anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get to that if we got some extra time later. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think that I, I, I do think that that lineup could work in spurts though. I definitely do. And as far as offensively, I think that would probably be their, their most effective offensive lineup. And then I also think it'll be interesting to see how they work in Dwayne Bacon. Um, because yeah. Bacon was a yeah. guy who coming out of high school was top 20, um, uh, maybe mm-hmm. higher, um, just as far as his athletic ability and everything else. Now, he didn't have uh, as as great of a season as everyone kind of thought he would. Where, where do you play? Florida State, right? I think. I believe so. Um, I believe so. Um, but he. One of, but uh, no, it wasn't Florida because I would hate him if he played in Florida. Um, oh, except Mike okay. Miller, I was always cool with Mike Miller. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, I, I I think it was Florida State, and he didn't have his great year. He had a, had a kind of a rough shooting year. Um, but I mean, I think. He's got the intangibles to be able to be a good player. He can play both the two and the three. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they, how they, if if they try to work him in, and if they do, where they try to work him in. He could beat out Jeremy Lamb for that backup three spot. You never know. He could, especially man, especially because he plays like most of what his upside is tied to is the same kind of thing that Kid Gilchrist is, like. You know that hard nosed kind of player, um, very athletic. Um, not a great shooter, but you know you're not asking him to be because you're surrounding him with other people who can do that. So it could be interesting. I, I think there is a possibility of that um, on the horizon. All right, moving yep. on. We got the Chicago Bulls next. Uh, now I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. I think the Bulls are going to have the worst record in the NBA, um, and I think that's what they want, man. I, I do. Well, here's the thing. As of now, you got Dunn, uh, Wade, Holiday, uh, Markkinen, and Lopez um, with Grant. As of now, Valentine, unless Levine comes back, it's going to be like from everything I've heard, Levine he's he's making great progress with his injury, but it's an injury that usually takes a while to heal from. I, I right. would be shocked if he is back by opening. Uh, by opening night, um, but I, I have heard projections that say he's on he's on target to be. So we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, small mm-hmm. forward, you got Paul Zipser, um, and then power forward, you know they got Portis, and then uh, they re-signed Felicio um, to be their backup center. And Miritich is still kind of up in the air. I haven't heard anything yep. about Miritich. I don't know if they're it's going Lindo. to re-sign him. Yeah, yeah. I mean. There, I'm sure it's just a bargaining, uh, a bargaining thing. I mean, even his qualifying offer is like seven and a half million dollars, which I don't think he's worth that. So, no. um, I, I mean, just from what I've seen, like, I mean, he started off playing so well. He's kind of like a Michael Carter Williams. He started off playing great and then just kind of just Dip. just didn't do much in the last two seasons, or at least one one and a half seasons. Um, but I think here's the thing. I think they're gonna. Um, I think they're going to reach a buyout with Wade at some point, um, mm-hmm. and I think once they do that, they're going to have the. the they're just going to. They, they're not going to have anybody who is like a proven NBA talent on their team, short of Robin Lopez, who is who is a great player for a great team. He is not a great player for a shitty team. He's not. Right. He's not designed to. He's not his brother. He's designed to be a cog in the wheel 
for a really good team and you put him in there right. and he blocks shots so, and he gets rebounds and he fires up your team. But that's not going to do anything for the Bulls. Um, do you think I'm crazy? Do you think? Do you at least see where I'm coming from, if not agree with me? No, I I agree with you. I mean, I don't know if they'll be the worst, but they'll they'll be fighting for the worst. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. It, it really depends on what happens with Wade. I think Wade does get bought out eventually, and that and that'll be really because I don't think they they're not gonna be good even with Wade, but it still helps them a lot that <laughs> Wade's there to get them the ones because they're not terrible. Well, it's like the Lou Williams thing, man. That's like yeah, Lou yeah. Williams last year with the Lakers. I mean, he single-handedly won them like four or five games. That's what I'm saying. So, like, that's why once he's gone, then they can go into full tank mode and redevelop and all that extra shit. But as of right now, um, they do have question marks, though. Like, I think Levine's going to be really good for them when he's healthy. Uh, I like Holiday, but he's just a role player. Markkinen has – I, I don't know what to expect from Markkinen, but he's been playing really good in the FIBA tournament apparently. Um, from what I can tell, um, I love Robin Lopez, but he's not. He's probably going to be on the trading block at some point this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they traded him at some point. Um, I do like Portis. I really like him. I, I like Portis if, a lot too. I, I don't know if they like him as much as I like him, <laughs> but I know I like him. Um, Pondexter. They picked up Pondexter, and he has been hurt for mm-hmm. like the last two years. But when he was healthy, he was reliable and definitely could beat him. In my opinion, beat out Zipser. <laughs> for playing time, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I have. I like Zipser, man. I like Zipser. I'm not gonna hate. I don't know. Like Zipser's okay. He's not terrible, but I, I, I would if I had to pick between Pondex, a healthy Pondex or Zipser, I'm probably gonna go with Pondex. But uh, I like Valentine. I'm a fan of Valentine. I know a lot of people are a little down on Yeah, him. I don't like Valentine. Yeah, we've had this discussion before. Fuck Valentine. Yeah, I, I like Valentine. Um, I, he just hasn't had his opportunity. Maybe he gets traded and goes somewhere else. We'll see. Um, Jaren, Jaren, um, Jaren Grant. I like Jaren Grant. We drafted Jaren Grant. He's he's like pretty Grant solid too. player. And Felicio, he's not that bad either. So I don't hate their lineup. I really don't hate their team. They're just not going to be that good. They're just not as they're not as talented as other teams, and they're they're not in the the, the business of winning games this season. So they're going to definitely be at the bottom. Just I'm not sure they'll be at the right. very bottom. Yeah, I get. Well, here's my here's my question. Let me bring uh, let me bring Jawan on here. We got him on the line. What's up, Jawan? What's going on, guys? Uh, nothing much, man. Uh, hey, real quick, uh, I just gotta throw this out to you, Joel. Um, so, I mean, mm-hmm. as far as moving forward, you know, obviously Wade, even if they, he doesn't get bought out, he's gone after this year. They're not going to bring him back for another year. Um, so you're basically right. building with essentially like Dunn, Levine, Holiday, Markkinen, and then I would even assume you're going to move trade Lopez at some point. Um, okay. Obviously they're not going to be good this year. I mean, what? Do, but do you think that that is a reasonable core moving forward? Um, like, do you think that that is something that they can really build with, um, you know, moving forward into, uh, the, you know, the, the, the next few seasons? There's too many question marks, man. Like, Dunn is like, he was projected high and he kind of had a really off year. His rookie year was not as good as everyone expected it to be. Uh, but he has high upside and you could only hope that he lives up to it at some point. Levine has high upside. Holiday, again, is just a role player. Marking and I like. But they need more than what they got. I mean, they have some guys to build off of, but they're going to need more than that if they want to contend and go in the future. So they need that lottery pick. <laughs> yeah, they they really do. I, I really – I kind of think they, they should, you know, go after um, 
Aiton or Bamba, you know, the two bigs in the draft, because, I mean, they could really use somebody mm-hmm. with a defensive presence to be next to Markkinen, um, you know, who can help yep. out, you know, him in the paint. I think that would be um, super beneficial to them. But, of course, if they get the one or the two, um, you gotta you got to go with Porter or Bagley. Um, yep. So, you know, just depending on where they fall. Um, hey, Jawan, now that, now that you're with us, how shitty do you think the Bulls are going to be this year? <laughs> Uh, very, um, <laughs> very, 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 very. Don't the Bulls still have like a thousand guards and like one no, center they... and one power forward? <laughs> um, not quite anymore. They've uh, they've scaled back on the guards. They 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 cut a bunch of them or didn't pick up their contract. They only got the three point guards now, but they still have four shooting guards and they still only have. Two power forwards and two centers, so not a lot of depth with it at the big positions. Yeah, no, they're they're gonna be really bad. They're gonna cut Wade. Um, I don't think they'd be smart to hold on to him, uh, especially with him coming out and saying they uh, they kind of sold him on uh, you know false reality of what the Bulls were actually looking to do. Um, yeah, no. Once they got rid of you know Rose left, Butler's gone. Got to get rid of Wade and completely um, see what you can do with these young, uh, new young talent and build for the future. And Lopez is definitely going to be gone. Uh, poor Lopez, man. He's a really uh, decent big that can uh, provide really good rebounding for you. And no team's been able to utilize him properly and keep him. They just keep mm-hmm. trading him every other year. Um, but hopefully he wins. <laughs> huh? He's so tradable. People like him. They just, he's, yeah, he's why. super tradable. People love him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really sad. Wish the Knicks could end back up with him. Um, I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, no. Huh? I said I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I see. Uh, but, yeah, no, they're really going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I was uh, telling Joel, I think they're probably going to have the worst record in the NBA. Probably. You know, oh, maybe yeah, not. Absolutely. Maybe yeah. maybe like the second, but it's definitely going to – they're going to be down there. They're going to suck. Um, but, hey, you know, if it, if it pays off and, and any one of those top four picks, I think it's going to be big for them because they can really utilize any one of those players. Um, let me just throw this out there um, just for shits and giggles. Um the uh, obviously the Lakers want to make big moves. Um, I, you know, I was kind of toying around with the idea for a little while. What if uh, what if the Bulls traded Wade um, to the Lakers in exchange for um, uh, taking on Luau Deng's contract and getting um, Julius Randle? Um, that way, they the Lakers could clear Deng. They don't have to worry about whether they're going to pay Randall or not. They'll just put their kind of trust in Nance and this young guy, Kuzma, who's been playing really well in the summer league. Um, And, you know, they could, they can make a even more legitimate run for two max guys next year to go ahead and clear that cap out. Wade's money comes off the books. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad deal for, for Chicago. I think Randall could play really well next to Markinen. I think you could then move Lopez, um, to somebody who could use better use his uh, assistance, um, and and Dang, like, I mean, the last place Dang was really seemingly happy and played really well, and everything else was Chicago, um, and they love him in Chicago. So, I mean, what do you guys, uh, what do you guys think about that? That's uh, just the 
not necessarily, um, you know, the the don't overanalyze it with the specifics, but just in in principle. What what do you guys think about that trade, Joel? Uh, I don't hate it. Uh, I mean, for the for Chicago, you said for for Chicago, right? Yeah, like if you're from from Chicago's perspective, I mean, I I, I kind of just wanted to uh, you know elaborate a little bit why LA might want to you know pull that trade, but I think from Chicago, I'm asking for Chicago's perspective. Is it worth getting Julius Randle um, and taking on Lou Lou Dang's contract in order to get him? I don't I don't for Chicago I don't know if uh, he's worth that. Uh, not that money matters for them at the moment because they're in the building or they're in the they're in the business of rebuilding. But um, I don't know if Randall compliments um, marking in as much as you might want because if you want them to play together, they got a perimeter that well. So it's like you want you want to try to avoid them playing together defensively. They're not going to work as well as you would want. Not that it's impossible because Marcus Saul and Zach Randolph played together for a long time, and then I wouldn't call them the best perimeter defender. So it's possible. I'm just saying maybe not exactly what you're looking for, but it's not it's not a terrible trade at all. You know, I, I would consider it. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, well, and that's about the best that I can ever expect uh, to get from you, Joel. So I'll, I'll take that. I'll, I'll wear that as a badge of honor. Not the worst trade in the world. That's that's <laughs> that's usually a good thing when Joel throws that out there. Jawan, uh, what do you think about the trade? Uh, I like it. I do see it as being beneficial to the uh, the Bulls, and you know the whole Luol Deng thing to sign them to sign. Uh, you have to bring him on just to get Randall. Uh, like you guys are saying, it's not going to necessarily, uh, you know, set them back or anything. Um, and I think Julius Randall would be a really nice piece for them to have. And it gets the Lakers out of him. Um, so they only have to worry about possibly um, ball when it's time and uh, Ingram. Um, and then they can go and get uh, those two um, max players. I don't know who those two max players would be, but they can go out and get them. So if you're the Lakers, yeah, you definitely want to pull the trigger on that. Yeah, see, and that's my my kind of thinking as well. You get the expiring contract of Wade. He doesn't really help you that much this this year or anything. Um, but nevertheless, you know, you you clear you clear some cap space, um, and I mean, you, know, you can go off and make a run at. Paul George and Westbrook or Paul George and LeBron or, you know, whatever, you know. I mean, since we're playing around with it, um, the uh, Miami Heat did say that they'd be interested in Wade if he'd be willing to take a bench role. So let's say he is interested in taking a bench role. I mean, like like you said before, we'd have to work out the particulars. Why not try to do a four-team trade? Um, uh, I mean, a three-team trade, I'm sorry and try to see if you can work in Miami also. So if you're the Lakers, you don't have to worry about getting in uh, a player who uh, the rookies of um, the Bulls or the younger guys of the Bulls were saying he wasn't the best of guys um, to kind of be with, be around, especially in a locker room and, and playing with. So you don't really have to worry about that possible toxic atmosphere kind of send him back to Miami where I believe he really wants to end his career. They want him. Uh, if he's willing to come off the bench, send him there, get something from, you know, whatever team, uh, you know, something that you can kind of throw away if need be. Um, and then so they can still clear up that space and uh, not really have to worry about, um, you know, a huge contract or anyone, you know, this 
kind of toxic feel for, uh, in the locker room going forward, especially for these young guys. The Lakers is full of young guys. Yeah, the only quid pro quo to that is I believe the the uh, Heat or said that they would be willing to to take him at a bench role for like the veteran minimum, and, and I think they they meant if he gets bought out or if if uh, he um, you know wants to go back there next year. I don't think I don't think they would move anything that would that would come close to his like twenty three million dollars or whatever it is. You know. This, nope. this upcoming season. Yeah, that's true. Um, and especially that's nothing true. that the Lakers would be interested in because the whole goal for them would be to get the expiring contract to have the cap space next year. Um, but, you know, there's um, yeah, there's a ton of different possibilities with trades. You never know how it's all going to shake out. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's go to Cleveland. Um so Cleveland obviously made the big deal with uh, with Boston, and they have several different pieces afoot. Um, I think there's a few different ways that they could do their starting lineup. Um, I think you could have Crowder at the two. Um, you could start Crowder at the three and play LeBron at the four, Love at the five. You could have Crowder come off the bench. Um, I think there's a bunch of different ways to do it. Um, a lot of what their starting lineup at the beginning of the season is going to, you know, in the early days of the season will will depend on, you know, when Thomas is, is actually going to be healthy and able to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, as of, as of now, the best lineup that I think they have with their current roster would be uh, Thomas, Smith, Crowder, James, Love, with Rosen Calderon, Corver, Schumper, uh, Jefferson, Green, and Thompson off the bench. Um, a lot of depth to this team. Um, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they work in all their different various lineups and what they can achieve. Um, and obviously you'll get a lot of LeBron playing point forward, especially you know early in the season. So I think you could even see something like Smith, Crowder, uh, LeBron, Love, and Thompson out on the floor all at the same time and just having LeBron running the point, you know. Um, so it'll be interesting. I think their their lineups will be interesting. Um, and then, of course, they've still got the Brooklyn pick, who, you know, they're trying to shop for DeMarcus Cousins. Um, I definitely don't think New Orleans is going to be uh, uh, doing anything until the trade deadline now that they went out and signed Tony Allen. Um, so, Joel, you called that one. Good on you, man. Um, and uh, But anyway, uh, Cleveland, uh, what do you think about their offseason moves? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, is it just a foregone conclusion that, that they're going to be in the finals again, Joel? Uh, it's a foregone conclusion. They'll probably even make it all the way to the, the finals again. I mean, that's not really that much of a stretch. It's all it's probably going to be between them and Boston the whole year anyway. Um, and maybe Washington if we're lucky <laughs> so we can get some mm-hmm. competition. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I just, the lineup, they're deep, man. They got They got players at every position. They have a really deep – deep bench <laughs> which is different than most teams in the east uh, or in the league in general this this team they can go pretty deep they can play a lot of different ways they'll probably start the year their traditional lineup uh but yeah the the Thomas Smith Crowder James Love um lineup could definitely be the closing lineup I wouldn't be surprised at all if some type of variation of that Crowder has to be in the game at the end of games in my opinion to for lockdown D and him and LeBron out there and um, maybe even a, like like Shumpert or someone like just for defensive purposes that would be interesting to watch. You know, uh, they still have their sniper in Corver. They got uh, depth with Rose. Um, 
they're just and they got Jeff Green, so I'm like they they have they have a lot of options, and that's a good for a team that is is kind of scary because you don't know what they're thinking. It, I mean, they're past the whole Kyrie thing. They can they can play out the year, and hopefully that is LeBron leaving bullshit doesn't like linger over their heads the rest of the season, even though more than likely it will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it probably at least with questions from the media, you know, the media is yeah. going to be just trying to drive that nail home all season. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Jawan, what do you think about the Cavs? Um, is it a foregone conclusion? They're they're the Eastern Conference champions. Um, and, you know, what do you, what do you think is maybe, like, what, what would you think is probably their best lineup, the best lineup that they can roll out, um, you know, with the players that they have? Uh, the lineup you and Joel said is most definitely the best lineup uh, for them to go with. Um, I don't really see anything else that's uh, that effective uh, down the stretch um, other than that lineup. Uh, in a foregone conclusion, Washington and Boston can stay healthy. I I, I refuse uh, this early, even though the season kind of starts in like a few weeks, uh, weirdly enough. I refuse to this early um, assume that Boston or the Wizards wouldn't give them uh, a true scare. Um, especially because I, 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 I'll keep saying this. I know you guys think I'm wrong. I'll keep saying this. Them not having Kyrie is going to hurt a lot more than we're thinking. Um, the equivalent to that I give, Nick, is um, uh, New England losing Edelman, where it was kind of like, oh, you know, they got Cooks, Amendola, Hogan. And then that first game it was just like, yeah, we kind of do miss those third-down conversions from Edelman. So I think uh, there will be certain games where, you know, you're used to having Kyrie that can contribute a lot. And not only because you don't have Thomas for however long he's gone, um, Rose and or Calderon isn't going to make up for that. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I totally agree in the sense of how they start the season, um, which is why I think you'll you'll see LeBron – uh, playing a lot of point um, as far as offensively, and then you'll mm-hmm. see, you know, a lot of, um, you know, Smith, Crowder, uh, on sharing sharing time on the floor, and then you know have a combination of of yeah. uh, James playing the three at least on defense, and then having Love and Thompson, and then also having either Love or Thompson, and maybe you have Smith and Shumper and Crowder in there as as Joel pointed out as as just far as a as far as a defensive unit um, to go along with James and, and maybe Thompson or Love, depending on, you know, what they're trying to achieve. Well, um, but, I mean, I, I think it's all going to depend on whether Thomas gets healthy, man. That's like – because if Thomas yeah, can get I healthy mean, and can play like he did last year, they'll be fine. Um, but if he can't – and, and, and Go ahead. No, I was just going to say what makes me super nervous is the main reason why I thought Cleveland uh, – initially lost this trade uh, worse than I thought before was I thought, you know, uh, before finding out Isaiah was going to be out for however long it was, you trading Kyrie, even though you didn't want to, but you trading Kyrie. I was hoping bringing in someone like Isaiah Thomas and Crowder could reduce the amount of minutes LeBron has to play on a week-to-week basis. Now that he's gone forever, for however long he is, LeBron can't afford <laughs> to take certain games off. 
um, like he could have if Kyrie were still there or if Thomas were able to play at the start of the season rather than months into it. So, I mean, I I was really hoping, um, you know, they could find out. That's why I think this DeMarcus Cousins thing is so important. But if you can't get him until the All-Star break, that still doesn't help because that's around the time Thomas is supposed to be coming back. So and you got to work with two guys. That, exactly. Yeah. So it didn't make yeah, well, it easier I, for LeBron. Right. And it definitely doesn't reduce his minutes with the Thomas injury. And I, I tend to agree with you in the sense that playing Rose and, and playing LeBron at the same time, that doesn't help you. That doesn't really help you as far as um, – as far as having the type of weapons that LeBron likes to have at his disposal. I almost think, as crazy as it sounds, I almost think playing Calderon <laughs> alongside LeBron makes more sense than playing Rose. I think you... you, you no, it does. You, you, you hold off and you play Rose when you got LeBron on the bench. Yeah, it's true. It, no, I mean, you're completely right. That is the best, the best solution, uh, mainly because Rose can't shoot to save his life. So at least if LeBron's doubled and kicks out to Calderon, it's a higher percentage shot for Calderon than it is for Derrick Rose. Um, but it's so all, it just makes. Go ahead, uh, go ahead, Joel. I'm sorry. But also, I mean, what, what the the best thing about their depth is that LeBron could play point forward um, for for a minute. I'm not saying the whole game, but he plays the point forward. You can even put Iman at the one if you want defensively. And, and let him run that with Jr. and and Crowder, and then he can go to the bench. Then Rose can come in and run that same lineup, and then you just move you just move everybody up. You know what I mean? So that's that's what that's their true. depth and versatility can do with this lineup. I mean, they're not that they're no, not I, that bad. <laughs> no, no, no. I I completely agree. I'm not saying that it handicaps Cleveland. It's just one of those things where it's like LeBron and Rose are almost identical in what they yeah. look to do on the court. Um, yeah. So it's, if you can yeah. avoid them being on the court together as much as possible, avoid it. Um, but by no means am I saying that they're handicapped or that they're worse having Rose. Um, mm. I, I'm saying the complete opposite. Rose is a great addition um, that will definitely help the bench. But mm-hmm. if you're if you're in fourth quarter with three minutes to go and it's a tight game, I yeah. do not think Rose being in there helps you down the stretch. Like you no. were saying, Shumpert or even Calderon, because Calderon does even shoot at a higher percentage than Shumpert. But Shumpert just plays yeah. better defense. Or um, even Corver. So I mean, flirt. you could you could have yeah, Corver, Corver, Crowder, yeah. James, and Love, and then at least you've got right. four guys around LeBron who could shoot. You know. Right. Right. See, a lot of a lot of Cleveland's games, especially because the East um, is really good as far as point guards, it's going to depend on how well that guard's doing. If that guard is, is, you know, on pace to dropping 30 that night, you don't want Corver guarding him. <laughs> you want Trump. No, I would have Smith. So, yeah, well, I would I would have Smith guarding the point guard and then have Corver uh, playing, guarding whoever's playing the two because, I mean, the, the way the two thing, is in today's NBA is just a lot weaker than it used to be. Right. No, no, I completely agree. I'm just saying if the guard, like your point guard, is really getting off that night, I don't even want Smith guarding him. I want Shumpert guarding him. But that's what I'm saying. Then yeah. it kind of does handicap you offensively. So it, it's it's always a weird thing. And um, I forgot the Tyrone Lou's going to have a really fun time figuring out what defensive lineups he wants going down in the stretch because a lot of their really good defensive players aren't that well-versed offensively. So it's going to – 
it's right. always going to be a, a fun thing for him and, to kind of figure out going down a stretch. Right, and vice versa. You know, like Corver is garbage on defense, but he's a hell of a shooter. You know, so yeah, that and right. honestly, that's why I think Crowder is just such an important pickup for them. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what um, what kind of lineups they run and what they can try to do if they can figure out any kind of trade um, between uh, or between somebody to get, you know, somebody else in there who can who can better complement this roster uh and that and that Brooklyn pick um no matter who they have to, you know, send out to get it. And you know, I don't know I think you bring up a, a very good point Juwan, because I don't know if 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 you can't get the the Cousins trade done preseason, which I it's not looking like it's not looking like that's going to happen. Um, if you can't get that done preseason, do you want? Do you really want to risk doing that at the trade deadline, um, with the fact that you already got to try to work Isaiah Thomas back into there? I really think at that point it depends. It depends on what you're giving up and what you're getting back. I don't think I'm put it this way. I'm willing to give up more in the preseason to get Cousins than I would be at the trade deadline. Do you agree with me on that? I I do agree. Um, I think if you're Cleveland, um, you have to think exactly what you just said. It somewhat handicaps you to go out and get him that late because then Isaiah is not just one of those guys that you're like, oh, don't worry, he'll just figure it out. He can just fit in where he needs to fit in. No, he's someone that just came off fresh off of being an alpha male that you're now telling he has to be the cog in LeBron's wheel. Same with DeMarcus Cousins. So it's not going to be that easy to just say, oh, you know, when he when he when he comes, he'll just move to the side, let LeBron run and just be a cog. Um, I think that's a lot easier said than done, especially with someone who is an alpha male. Um, so that that's the kind of deal you want to get done in the preseason, because I think it's a lot harder to work Demarcus into LeBron's system um, that quickly. I think it'll be easier for Isaiah to adjust to it than Demarcus Cousins. Um, so you definitely want that in the preseason or, or the, you know, the off season to kind of get all that time to work in. But I mean, if, you know, let's say they get Isaiah back around January, February, they get to Marcus Cousins. I still don't think that's enough to beat the Warriors. I just don't, because I don't think it's enough time for them to fully gel, um, you know, before they launch into the playoffs and possibly the finals. So, I mean, it's one of those right. things where it's like, if cause if you talk to Cousins and he goes, hey, if you guys get me, LeBron leaves, I'll still stay. Then it's like, all right, you kind of do it anyway because you're building for more than just this season. But if he's like, ah, I don't know, maybe I want to test free agency, and you pull that trigger, then you lose LeBron and DeMarcus Cousins, you screw yourself out. And maybe so, Thomas. I mean, you know, yeah. yeah. You lose your pick. Yeah. Yeah. And you lose your pick, Thomas, DeMarcus, and possibly LeBron. Yeah, there's a lot that can go wrong with that, which is why which is why I say it's worth rolling the dice in the off season. It's a the the odds become a lot less that I want to do that. Like you know, come the trade deadline, like come the trade deadline, you know, um, I'm just not offering as much. That's that's all I'm saying. I'm not offering as much as I'm willing to offer, like right now, like tomorrow. So, but yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But uh, let's move on. We got uh, the Detroit Pistons next. Um, I'm intrigued to see what the Pistons do this year. I think they'll probably be a playoff team, um, similar to what Charlotte, uh, you know, uh, 
we'll, we'll be looking at this season. You're looking at weekend competition at the bottom of the, the East playoff bracket. Um, and I think you're looking at a slightly upgraded uh, Pistons team. Um, they bring in Avery Bradley, so now you got Jackson, who you know was a little banged up last year and didn't play very well. I think having Bradley on his team is going to help him out considerably as well, um, where he doesn't feel like he has to do so much himself. Um, so you got Jackson, you got Bradley, you got Harris. I think you probably play start John Luer at the at the four. They they started him, um, you know, maybe a third or a quarter of their games last season, and it it, it it seemed to work well. Van Gundy seemed to like it. He seemed to kind of switch to that lineup later in the season. Um, but you can also, um, you know, if Johnson, Stanley Johnson can kind of take that next step forward that he just hasn't been able to do, maybe you can slide Harris at the four and play um, that lineup, and then you got Drummond at the center. Um, and then you got Ish Smith, solid, reliable backup. Langston Galloway was a pretty good pickup. Luke Kennard, um, you know, I, I think was, you know, he'll be an R.A. player, um, R.A. bench role player. Pick up Anthony Tolliver. Um, he's, you know, not a bad pickup. Good bang for your buck. Um, and then you got that big, goofy motherfucker, Marjanovic or whatever. Um, I I kind of like their, their their chances of making the playoffs. I I think they're going to be like a seven or eight seed this year, um, and, you know, barring any sort of injury or anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like the some I like some of the moves they made. I like I really like the Bradley pickup. Um, Joel, what are your thoughts on the Pistons? I think the Pistons are an interesting fucking team because I I don't know what to make. <laughs> <laughs> They have a lot of question marks. There's a lot of guys I like on the on the lineup. There's a lot of guys I need to see more. Um, I like Jackson, uh, but he had kind of a down year, I would say. Uh, Bradley was a great pickup. I mean, especially for what they gave up. I mean, I love Avery Bradley. He's going to be great for them. Uh, Tobias Harris. Um, Tobias Harris is a good player. Uh, he's, he's a solid player. Um, he can play both the three and the four. He can play stretch four especially for them. John Lord could be a starter. He can come off the bench. He could do both. I think uh, the reason Stan likes to play him is because he's so reliable. You know, he gives mm-hmm. you whatever, either off the bench or starting, he gives you the same shit. So I think that's the main reason he gets uh, the nod. Um, but they could go Stanley Johnson. I need to see Stanley Johnson be worth the pick. He was, he was I forgot where he got picked, but he was a, it was an early lottery pick. He has to, yeah, he has to earn it at this point. Like you know? seven, I think, something like that. That's, maybe maybe exactly. a little later than that, but. It was like a mid yeah. middle middle of the lottery. That's what I'm saying. Like I need to see more out of him. I mean, this is his chance. This is his time. He could start at the three this year, and they can move Tobias to the four, and they can play that lineup and be good if Stanley Johnson can play that that lineup. And he they played a lot of guard. I think he's out of position at guard. I think he's he's legit a three at this point. He's not very versatile at this point. Um, Drummond is good. He's just not the best free throw shooter, but Drummond is a solid big man. Um, I think I still need to see more from him. He needs to be a leader. I think Ellenson can play the the, the five or the four. Uh, Gallo, I always love Galloway, especially when he was with the Knicks. Um, he's a good uh, six man. Um, Ish Smith, I love Ish Smith. That's a, that's a dude that could even take Jackson out of the lineup some games. So I don't mm-hmm. hate a Canard. I don't know where they're gonna fit him. I mean, he could probably play some three and some two. It really depends. I'm not sure we're, we're sure where Canard's minutes are gonna come from. But I mean, I, there's just a lot of question marks. That's my only my my only hesitation with them making the playoffs because I need to see some guys step up this year. But I do I do like them, but I have questions. 
Yeah, absolutely. Jawan, what are your thoughts on the Pistons? Uh, I completely agree with Joel, and I even see what you were saying about seventh or eighth seed. Um, I definitely think getting Bradley um, helps them out a lot. Uh, I kind of like what Gundy's going to end up doing with this team. Um, I think they're going to be a lot more uh, defense-oriented. I think a lot of teams are going to have a tough time uh, getting past the Pistons. Uh, I do agree with Joel as far as uh, Andre Drummond does need to be more, more of a leader. Uh, and he kind of just needs to be more dominant, um, especially mm-hmm. knowing that uh, you're not that effective on the free throw line. Then you got to get busy in that paint as much as possible, man. Make, make it make it really hard for guys. Uh, and I don't think he's been doing that. I I think he's in a league where he could be the most dominant uh, center, but he just never uh, shows up when they need him to. And it's really a sad thing because I, I always felt like he could be one of those dominant bigs because um, he's, he's gifted offensively. Uh, he's kind of like Hassan Whiteside to me is gifted defensively, rebounding, blocks, uh, rim protecting, um, but he can score. I, I always thought uh, Andre Drummond was just offensive, uh, offensively gifted where he can get you 25 to 30 a night um, with, like, you know, nine or ten rebounds um, also, but he just hasn't lived up to that. So maybe, maybe this season um, will be kind of his launching pad into that. But if not, it'll be seventh or eighth seed, bounced out in the first round, um, and that'll be it for the the Pistons for the season. But hopefully if he can live up to it, it can be a lot better than that. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I certainly don't expect him to be, but I mean, I, I do kind of think they, they sort of live and die by Drummond, so to speak, um, and Jackson to a certain extent. Um, he, he's been, um, like last season, he was just so disappointing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Bradley, like you said, like both y'all said, Bradley's a great pickup, and I think it'll be interesting too because down the stretch, if they can just get Stanley Johnson going, you can play Jackson or Smith whoever's having the better game, Bradley, Johnson, Harris, and then play Luer at the five down the stretch to kind of help out, you know, at least at least uh, mix Luer and Drummond in together so you can kind of hide Drummond's um, uh, inability to, to hit free throws um, down the stretch of games. And I think that could be a very effective lineup if they can get it all tied together. Um, but I, uh, I think – I think Stan Van Gundy's a hell of a coach. I, I I've liked him since the Orlando days, um, and I think he's he's the right kind of guy to try and tie all this together. So we'll see, um, you know, if if he can, um, you know, time will tell. Um, all right, moving on, we got the Pacers next. So Pacers are interesting to me because obviously I think they got fleeced, absolutely fleeced on that. Mm-hmm. Paul George straight. I mean, I think anybody with, you know, any kind of brain can just look at that trade and be like, what the fuck were you thinking? Um, Now, that being said, I like a lot of what they've done since then. I don't like that trade. But if you look at their lineup, you got Collison, Oladipo, Bogdanovich, Thaddeus Young, and then Turner. And then off the bench, you got Corey Joseph, which I think was a smart trade for them. Uh, Lance Stevenson, who sucks everywhere else in the league, but somehow he manages to play all right in Indiana. 
Um, you got Glenn Robinson the third. You got Sabonis. They just drafted Leaf, who you know will be interesting to see how they work him in. And then you got Jefferson, and they and they picked up Anigbogu. I can't ever pronounce that uh, very well, but they got uh, they got him with a late pick in the draft because of his uh, injury concerns. I actually like this team. I think that they could find themselves fighting for a playoff spot in this week East. I don't project them to make the playoffs, but I think they'll be right around nine or ten, and they could, you know, if if, if the you know chips just kind of fall just in the perfect way, they could find themselves sitting in that eighth seed, uh, you know, yet yet again this season. Um, so, uh, Joel, um, do you think I'm crazy? Do you think do you, do you like uh, excluding the Paul George move, which you know we can all agree was was a terrible move? Um, do you like what they've done since then? Do you think that they have the chance at making you know uh, an eighth seed? I don't, I don't like, I probably don't like them as much as you do, apparently. <laughs> but mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I also don't hate their lineup. I just don't. They're kind of is there. They have guys. It's kind of a mixture of young guys and old guys, and they're just like it's like I'm, this looks like a patchwork. Like none of these guys. Like who are you developing aside from now? This is my my year. Miles Miles Turner, Turner's year. Mm-hmm. So this is Turner's year. Oladipo, I guess, is still relatively young, but Collison's a vet. Bogdanovich is a vet. Young's a vet. Stevenson's a vet. Cole Joseph's a vet. I mean, they're young vets, but they're vets regardless. Sabonis is a nice young piece they brought in for the trade, but obviously they got fleets in that move. Uh, Jefferson's a vet. I mean, I mean, you've got. I mean, they have to try to make the playoffs with the lineup they already have, or they could suck. I mean, they could. But I do have them being at the top of the the. One of the worst teams in the East, <laughs> like right. <laughs> the you know what I mean? They're, they're right, like they're like ten, eleven, <laughs> like nine, <laughs> like right there. I think that's where. Yeah, they're I got at. A, um, that's where I have them too, nine or ten. But I mean, I think they yeah. do have. I, I think they got an off chance. I think they do. Yeah, they don't have a bad lineup. I, I, their roster is not terrible. They have decent players. It's just, and that's why they're going to be where they're at because <laughs> they're not bad. They're just not nowhere near as good as the good ones. But it is the East. So it is possible they can go and fight for that eighth seed. I'm not going to doubt it. Yeah, well, and I think the other thing that'll be that you know is obviously going to be interesting to watch. Uh, you know, in in the case of of the Pacers, is um, obviously the Bulls suck. That's the team that's in their division. I think they're right there with Detroit. Um, you know, as far as um, you know, uh, a capability, if you will. I think I think Detroit has a more talented team, but I think the Pacers um, are right there with them as far as capability, as far as tying a lineup together. Um, obviously, Cleveland, Milwaukee, both blow them out of the water. Um, but that gives you two two opponents that you're going to play regularly throughout the season, along with the rest of the East, that you know they can win some yeah. games with uh, or against, if you will. Um, Juwan. Like <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Jawan, uh, do you think I'm crazy? Do you think the Pacers have a, a chance to make the playoffs? No, I don't think you're crazy. It's the East, uh, where anything yeah. could happen at any point in time. Um, I see the Pacers actually mirroring the same season the uh, Miami Heat had. Um, so where they get really hot, uh, unfortunately really late in the season, um, where it looks like they could make that push but they end up uh, on the outside um, looking in um, rather than making that eighth seed. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if they did make the eighth seed. I can't necessarily definitively tell you um, 
three to four teams that are head over heels better than them. Because, um, I mean, like I said, it's the East, and that team is at least somewhat competitive enough to where I can't definitively say, oh, they can't make the eighth seed at all. But, you know, projecting, I don't see them making the eighth spot. I see them having a season quite like Miami had last year. Yeah, where they kind of barely miss miss at the end, right. um, and and yeah. you know that's kind of what I'm predicting too. But I definitely think they have a they have a pretty good shot. But yeah, I mean to to your point, there's five teams in the East that you know are a lot to make the playoffs, and then right. everybody else, right. you got you got about five or six more teams that are fighting for those last three spots. And I think any one of them could make it. You know, it's just a question as to um, you know who has the the ball kind of bounce their way. And you know, just just kind of going from there me, and seeing what happens. Let me ask you guys: this. Did you guys go over the the Hornets yet? Yeah, yeah, we did. You did. That's that's a team that if um, I'm just saying this really quickly, that if um, the White Howard can kind of get back to his Orlando mentality, that's a team that is set up almost uh, close to the way that Orlando team was when he was uh, had that really productive season. Um, I'd be really, really, really disappointed in that franchise as a whole if they can at least comfortably be number five or six in the East. Yeah, I, I think I have them at six. Um, I, we both, both Joel, Joel and I were talking about how we liked like their team and what they what they've done in the off season. So I, I can agree with you there. I, the only spot where I'll disagree with you is I don't think. Howard will ever ever return to anything close to the Orlando Howard form. I just don't. No, I just need him. I need him. I, he's still effective offensively. Defensively, he's never going to be that guy again. Um, and I don't think they necessarily need him to 100% uh, do that defensively. I'm more speaking offensively. Um, if he can, and I know he's not going to be as uh, dominant as he was then. I just need him to be somewhere in the middle of that. Uh, he finally has a really – well, I don't want to say finally because he's played with some really good point guards. But Kimball Walker isn't a slouch. Um, so right. if they can be a nice one-two combo, um, even if he can't be a reliable number two, at least he has to be a productive number three. Yeah, well, and it'll be interesting because Batum is a really good passer. Um, Marvin Williams is, is not a bad passer for a, for a power forward. Um, so you'll have some some different guys in there who can get him touches. Um, I mean, he got I think about close to I want to say 13 points a game last season for the Hawks, somewhere in there. Um, I wouldn't expect much more than that, maybe 16 uh, tops. I would say. Um, but you know, I mean, if he can give you 15 and 12, um, you know, that's that's what you that's what you want out of him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and it'll be interesting. I definitely think he'll be the starter, and it'll be interesting to see where they kind of, you know, where they kind of end up. But yeah, I got him. I got him at the sixth seed right now, not comfortably, but I definitely have them comfortably making the playoffs, though. Um, all right. So moving on, we got the Miami Heat up next. Uh, I think the Heat are really interesting because um, they barely missed the playoffs last year. They kept most of their core of their team intact. They were finally able to get Bosch off the books. So they were able to add Olenek. Um, they were able to um, bring back Johnson. Uh, they were able to bring back Waiters. 
Um, they drafted uh, Adebayo. Um, even all that, even all of what they've done, I'm, I'm, I still am not sold on the Heat, man. I think, I think they played above their potential last year, and I think they're going to have to do that again this year to, um, to really, you know, make a make a claim at like a really, um, uh, uh, to give anybody a threat, uh, so to speak, in in uh, in in the playoffs at a seven, six or seven seed. And I think, I definitely think there's a, a fair chance that they may not even make the playoffs. Um, they, they don't have a lot of depth, uh, at the three, they have a ton of shooting guards and they play a lot of small lineups because they have so many, um, twos. So they play a lot of those twos at the three Winslow can't seem to really stay healthy. Johnson had health concerns last year. I like adding a Linux, but I'm not in love with it. Um, you know, I think he, you know, he, he was kind of one of those guys almost like Tristan Thompson when he got his big contract where he had like one really, really good game in the playoffs. And I think, you know, the, the league kind of in, in Miami um, specifically over uh, overestimated his value. Um, to me, he's, he's more of like a five, six, seven million dollar a year guy um, personally. Um because he's not, he's not going to give you a ton of minutes. Um, but anyway, Joel, um, you know, do you think? Let me let me pose the question this way: Do you think Miami is a lock, given the the, the teams that have have taken steps backwards? The fact that we got maybe five teams that are that are locks to make the playoffs, maybe six if you throw in Charlotte. Do you think Miami's a lock to make the playoffs this year? I wouldn't say a lock, but I do say I think they have a higher potential to make it than the others, uh, like Indiana included. <laughs> I think they're better than Indiana. Um, yeah, I think they're better than Indiana, but better than I, – I don't know if they're better than Detroit. Uh, I don't think so either. I think they're right there with Detroit because I have a lot of question marks with Detroit, but I also have questions with Miami. So I kind of have them around the same, floating around the same team, similar. But I do like a lot of – like. I like Dragic. I like Waiters. I like Whiteside. I like Winslow when he's fucking healthy. James Johnson had a good year. So I like their starters. Their bench is where I get a little uh, hesitant. I'm not really sold on their bench. I don't I don't know their bench that well. Like Ellington, Johnson, who uh, he had a decent year. Olenek, uh, who did – he was okay in in Boston. Some people even had him starting, which I, I don't know if that's the best idea. Um, Adebayo, I like him coming out of college. Um, like I said, they have no depth at the three spot, so it's like they're gonna play small a lot. And Magruder had to play a lot of minutes for them last year. Josh Richardson could play some three, but I don't know, I'm not sold on the, the depth. But aside from that, I do like their starters, and I, they made the playoffs last year. Hassan Whiteside's kind of a beast, <laughs> and mm-hmm. we'll see what happens, you know. But I do expect them to at least be the eighth seed. I think they'll be they'll fight they'll fight for the eighth seed for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I think they'll fight for the eighth seed too. I just I'm not as sold as, as a lot of people on that they are um, that they're almost. I wouldn't necessarily say a lock, but I, I feel like a lot of people have them as kind of a shoe in um, because of how close they were last year and the amount of teams that have taken a step back. Where whether you know, I mean, you obviously you have Atlanta, you have Chicago, you have Indiana. Atlanta and Chicago are out of it, um, and then you got Indiana. But I just I just feel like there were teams that finished behind them that could jump them this season. Yeah, yeah, sure. 
Um, so, Juwan, what do you think? Do you think uh, do you think they're kind of would would you have them as well, we won't say a lock, but a shoe in to make the playoffs this season, um, or, or are you um, kind of more you know skeptical? No, I, I confidently will say they'll make the playoffs. Um, out of the teams that you were naming, they're one of the only teams that hasn't gotten worse. Um, that's, now, that's a I fair agree point. With you, they are <laughs> they are lacking. Um, but I mean, you could say that about a few of the teams that we named that we thought had possibilities of at least making the eighth seed. If Waiters and Hassan can carry on the way they or or start the season the way that they ended the season, um, and kind of keep that consistent flow, um, eighth seed I think is as much of a lock for them as anybody else. At least the eighth spot should be a lock for them. Um, I, like, like you guys were saying about the uh, the three position, that, that is going to be an issue for them because they do play a lot of small ball. But if Hassan can be consistent offensively and defensively, along with having Waiters as your um, one of your primary scorers, I'm not really betting against this team because I did last year and they almost, uh, you know, came out on, on you know, making the, making the playoffs last year. So, I mean, I do, I do feel more confident about them making the AC, but I don't know if I'm confident enough to call them a lock yet. But they're as good of a lock as anybody else um, yeah. is making that, that AC. I would call yeah. it a disappointment if they didn't play Yeah. 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 You know what? And I'll go ahead and go out on a, on a limb and say I'm, I'm predicting disappointment. I think they'll end up in that nine spot again and, and – you know, Pat Riley will just be like, what the fuck? Well, let me ask you this, man. I like the paces, man. I do. I like what they've done. I got you. Do, I got do, you. You, think, do you think it was a mistake for um, Miami not to go after uh, Rudy Gay, knowing that they weren't going to get Hayward and all these other guys? I do. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. I think it was a huge mistake. If you plug – I mean, here's the thing. Rudy Gay is – is going to be out for the first half of the season. So you have to keep that in mind. But at the at money. the amount of money that the Spurs got him at, you could have paid him two, three more million dollars and just not gotten Olenek. Like you could just yeah. plug him in for what you paid Olenek, and he's a much better pickup, like much, much better. Or, you know, uh, there's, there's, there's other moves that they could have made. Um, and, and honestly, as, as I still think, um, you know, Tyler Johnson's fine. He's a reasonable backup, but his contract is going to kill them over the next two years. Um, he's scheduled for the way they did his contract was really weird. He's not making that much money this year, but next year he makes like $19 million. You're paying your backup point guard $19 million. Like, that's just fucking crazy. Um so, but yeah, I I do to answer to and to answer your question. Yeah, I think it was a huge mistake. I think Rudy Gay could have been um, a, just a terrific addition to that lineup. Yeah, I just um, I only my only concerns of Rudy, one being him uh, the amount of time that he's going to be missing, and two, uh, it's he hasn't made the playoffs since the Grizzlies. Um, so, I mean, you know, after going through some of the surgeries he went through, uh, he's definitely a great option to have. 
but Miami kind of needs someone they can depend on. Waiters isn't gonna isn't gonna get it every game of the playoffs, and Hassan Whiteside could give more to the defensive side and not have enough offensively that night. And I think Rudy Gay is a really good fit of um, a, a nice third option that could help them, um, you know, especially in the playoffs. So missing out on him to go get uh, Olenek, I, I really don't get that. So I was just curious to see if you guys agreed with that. Because when I found out the Spurs signed him, I was just like, how did Miami not, not get Rudy Gay? Like he was one of like the perfect pieces for them. And after you missed out on Gordon Hayward and, you know, the rest of the guys, that's a perfect guy to settle on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, like, honestly, like, what they, what, what I probably would have done had I been them, had I, had I been in, in Miami shoes, is I would have gone after Rudy Gay, and then, you know, you, you're still going to need a backup uh, power forward, because as of now, Linux are backup power forward. They don't really have a backup three or a reliable backup three, uh, you know, behind Winslow. They got a bunch of guards who can play three. Um, but you would still need to replace uh, Olenek because um, Jordan Mickey and or McKee or however you pronounce it, and what, what's that other guy, Akaro White, I think, yeah. Um, not not obviously not going to give you quality minutes. Um, but at that time, man, like at the time that that happened, you you could have still gone after someone like Michael Beasley, you know. Um, and there were other guys. Yeah. Michael Beasley is a perfect bench four. Uh, or just a bench forward in general. Like, he can come in and get you buckets, and, like, if you have a game where your guys are off and you want to just try to throw out Michael Beasley and see if he can get you buckets, there are games where he has taken over, even as as recent as last year when he played in Milwaukee. You know, there was one game where he went off for, like, 37 points or something like that. Um, Yeah. And and, and I just wouldn't – and regardless, you know, even even with Rudy Gay, um, you know, even if for whatever reason they couldn't land Rudy Gay, which, you know, I, I think if you had just offered to pay him a little bit more money than what San Antonio was paying him, I think you could have. Um, I'm still not paying Kelly Olenek $10.6 million this season, $11.1 million next year, eleven point six the following year, and then a player option for $12.2. I, I'm not giving him $44 million over four seasons. Just no chance. So, um, and, and I mean, if you look at for, you know, if you look at what the, uh, what the Knicks were able to get, um, you know, they were able to get uh, Beasley for the, the veteran minimum, like $3.2 million or whatever. Um, so I just don't like the moves they made. I really don't. I, I, um, I don't think I really don't think they got better. Like they didn't. They maybe they didn't get worse, but I don't think they got. I don't think they got better. Um, and I think they could. Well, that's the thing. They they well, should have been able to get better. You 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 got Pat Riley for Christ's sake. Well, that's my only argument to you that if you felt as though Pacers could make um, the playoffs, then they most definitely got worse. If Miami hasn't gotten worse, that's the advantage I give them. Like, they haven't yeah. gotten worse, and if that team can be more consistent, that team should be able to make the AFC. Pacers got worse. Um, yeah. You know, so that, that that's the only I, advantage I give Miami. So I'm not I saying think, Miami well, a head-over-heels better team. Yeah, no, and I get what you're saying, and I, and I understand, like, I, I mean, obviously, I don't think the Pacers got better. 
Um, and I don't think that they are as good as they were last year as far as talent-wise. I just like the way that their lineup is constructed. It's they got very good depth. Um, I, I like the way Bogdanovich plays. He can get you buckets. Um, he wasn't utilized well in Washington. Um, so, I mean, he, his tenure didn't really work out there. I think he could be utilized a lot better in Indiana. Um, I think Collison and Joseph is, is, you know, they're both reasonably good point guards, um, you know, I'll who can facilitate. Um, and, I, I mean, I think with Robinson getting some more minutes, um, you got Sabonis in there. Turner, I'm, I'm expecting to, to get better. Um, you know, I, I think there's there's some pieces there that could that could surprise some people, and I think Miami is just going to be stagnant if you know maybe with an extra win or two. But I don't also see. I also don't expect Miami to win like what 13 games in a row again this year. Uh, I think they got lucky with a lot of those games. Um, as far as winning a lot of those games that, you know, they probably, you know, you're probably not going to get lucky like that again. Yeah, but the East is worse this year. <laughs> so That's true. We'll see. Yeah, but, but then you got to think, too, the Pacers get to play those worst teams, too. So, like, and, and granted, they are one of those worst teams. I get that. But, <laughs> yeah. um, hey, hey, all I'm saying is y'all, y'all, y'all are sitting there telling me you got the Pacers at, like, 9 or 10, and you got the Heat at 8. It, it can't be that inconceivable yeah. for the Pacers to jump them. I'm not saying no, it is. That, I'm saying I like Yeah, Miami no. I, yeah. I mean, if you're asking me to choose out of the two, I'm choosing um, a team that, like, again, I don't think got worse. Uh, that's right, the right. only – it's a fundamental It's a fundamental difference um, me and Joel have with you. If the Pacers still had Paul George, of course we wouldn't put them ahead of <laughs> Miami. Right, yeah, I'm not – So of course, it's, yeah. it's only I because mean, the roster kind of got worse not better, and at least we could say Miami didn't get worse. So, right. you know, it's it's easier to believe that they could make it, but we're not saying it's out of the realm for the Pacers to make it. Right, um, yeah, I got it. It's not impossible, especially if we're saying one's eighth, one's ninth. <laughs> it's what, uh, a handful of games different? So I, I don't necessarily think um, it's out of the realm of possibilities for the Pacers to make it, but if you're telling me I had to pick one, it must definitely be Miami. Yeah, fair enough. Um, all right, let's move on. We got the Bucks. Um, I think a team we can all agree on here. Definitely going to make the playoffs. Um, so I think the Bucks will be interesting. Obviously, we got the trade rumors going on with Parker um, and that and that kind of mellow trade. But as of right now, as it stands, um, I kind of have their their starting lineup or at least to start the season because they're not going to have Parker to start the season. Um, and y'all, y'all kind of chime in on this because I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I think to start the season, is you're almost best served to go Brogdon, Snell, Middleton, play Giannis at the four, and then play maybe Thon, maybe play go ahead and start Thon Maker at the five. Um, they use Monroe. Greg Monroe's obviously their, their best center right now, but he doesn't necessarily work well with their starting lineup. They use him a lot like OKC used Cantor last year as a six man. And I think that was when he was most effective for them. Um, That's true. I, I think they'll still do that this year. Um, and I think, I think the way Thon maker has, has played last year. Um, I think he could definitely move into like a starting role and Henson, he was a, 
was a reasonably okay starter for them last year. He just wasn't he he just wasn't great, and he's definitely not your your center of the future, um, where I think Von Maker is. Um, and I think that's just probably the best way for them to utilize to get the best players on the floor um, at any given time, at least to start the season. Um, unless, of course, the, a Parker trade happens or until Parker comes back. Um, and I, I think they're going to be a home court advantage team this season. I think they're going to finish above Toronto um, as well. Um, Joel, what do you think about the – what do you think would be their best starting lineup? And, you know, what do you think as far as where, where do you project them to finish? Mm, well, I probably agree with you. I think I have them uh, near Toronto, if not better than Toronto. Uh, without Parker, because Parker's out. If Parker's out, starts the season, then you're right. Brogdon, Snell, Middleton, Adonacumpo, and probably Monroe is their best. But Monroe more than likely won't start. It'll probably be either Maker or Henson. Uh, they have been going with Maker um, for the for the majority of the last, uh, mainly for development purposes. Not that he actually did anything in terms of st- statistically most of those games. Uh, I think Henson's probably the better, the more solid big at this point in his career. Tom Maker has the most upside going forward. Um, I like Milwaukee. Um, they have, they're, they're a good, young, athletic, defensive-minded team. Jason Kidd's a good coach, man. They got Della Vadova off the bench. They got uh, Vaughn off the bench. Teletovich, he's a nice shooter. I want to see what DJ Wilson can do with this team. I, I think he might be the future at the four for them if Parker doesn't stay around. We'll see what happens. We'll. I, I like them though. I do. I think they're gonna be. They're gonna be. They're the future of the East. Uh, if if LeBron doesn't stick around, I say that. Yeah, I mean Giannis has definitely got MVP caliber player written all over him. I just love watching that guy play. Um, Jawan, what do you think? Do you think they're gonna? Do you think they'll finish better than Toronto this season? Um, and uh, and just what do you think about their overall roster? Um, you know, and 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 essentially, do you think uh, do you think they're best served with playing Giannis at the four in in Parker's absence, or do you think maybe go ahead and start Wilson, or maybe even Thon Maker? I mean, he played a little bit of four. Um, though I think he'd be better suited at the five. Um, you know, what do you think about that? Well, well, I've always loved playing with Milwaukee on 2K, and I always had Don at my five uh, with Giannis at the four. So I'm definitely a fan of that move. Um, as you guys well know, I have no respect for the Raptors, so I most definitely see Milwaukee being a better team, <laughs> a better team than the Raptors. Um, only reason I never give Milwaukee a shot to, like, threaten Cleveland is because they do not have consistent shooting. If Giannis can develop a jumper, a consistent jumper, that team will be insanely dangerous. Um, So, you know, that's kind of the only thing that I'm holding out on is if he can't develop a consistent jumper, because him driving to the lane is not going to work every time. He learned that in, uh, in Toronto. Um, if he can develop a consistent jumper, that team really will be scary, and I'll put that team in the third spot to upset Cleveland. So it'll be Boston, Washington, uh, uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee, um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, right. Uh, but like I said, I'll never respect the Raptors. They never give me a reason to. Um, so, yeah, I have Milwaukee as, like, you know, uh, in that top four uh, area. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, it's funny, we, you know, we, we've been kind of kicking around different uh, trade possibilities amongst ourselves with uh, the Milwaukee, New York, and, and the Rockets. Um, I, got a, I got a new um, little kind of piece to throw in there. Because, you know, we, we were talking about it, and we were looking at different various deals and everything and um, the ways that they can make it work. And without, without delving in too much um, to all the particulars, I, I honestly think I think Houston's going to have to give up Capella in order to get Mello. I, I just I, – I know, and I know that's kind of crazy, but you got, you got Nene, you, you just signed Tarek Black, I think – you wouldn't sign Tarek Black if you weren't expecting that that might be a possibility. I'm not saying that they would necessarily want to do it. I just think it's a possibility. Um, mm. They got to pay Chris Paul next year. That Capella's contract is also up for renewal next year, which means they would have to pay him. Um, I think that might be something. I think that might be the reason this deal hasn't gotten done yet. I think Milwaukee might want. Capella, so that they could run a lineup of Brogdon, Middleton, Giannis, uh, Ryan Anderson, and Capella. Um, well, I, what do you guys think about that? Do you a, a uh, let's start with you, Joel. Do you think there's any chance the Rockets give up uh, Capella in order to move Ryan Anderson and bring in Carmelo Anthony? I think that's an interesting proposal. Um, that's a uh... I don't know if I would want to give up Capella if I was Houston, but why would you want to give up Clint Capella if you were Houston for the production he gives you and the price that you know that he has at the moment? Hey, uh, if, if, if I'm if I'm Houston, I don't I would def I would definitely hold off if I could. If I'm Milwaukee, I definitely want Clint Capella if I can. If I'm New York, I say fuck it, make this work because I want to get rid of this motherfucker. Already. <laughs> so that's that's why. Like I, I um, yeah. I like it. I do, but I don't know if Houston would, it would do it. I think that would definitely make me hesitate as well. Uh, so I understand if that's the reason, because he is affordable and is a pretty decent player, and you put him in that Milwaukee lineup, that's pretty scary, man. He's pretty good. I like Clint Capella. So, yeah, I do yeah. like your trade. I like it. Yeah, but well, I, well and here's the yeah, and here's the thing. I think it would save – I think it would save, obviously, if, if he was included in the deal – it would save them some of the extra pieces, um, you know, uh, no um, Zhao Kui or whatever that, that, that yeah. Chinese player's name is. Um, yeah. So they would hold on to that guy. They would obviously hold on to their 2020 pick. They wouldn't have to give up, you know, one of their first rounders because um, I think basically, you know, that would, that would be enough to push the deal, to push the needle on the deal to where Milwaukee's like, all right, yeah, we're giving up a guy in Jabari Parker who – you know, could be, but look, we're getting back, you know, um, we're having to take on a big contract, but, you know, we move either Delavadova, Teletovic, Henson, some package of those guys to make the cap work. Um, and, you know, you get Clint Capella, who, you know, I like Thon Maker, but, I mean, Clint Capella is just better. I mean, um, so, I mean, I think that's something that's something they could possibly explore. Um, Jawan, uh, what do you think? Do you think Houston would give up Capella? And do you think that it's it would be? I mean, do you think that that would be a reasonable request on Milwaukee's end in order to kind of help them help facilitate them get Carmella? Um, absolutely. Uh, I, I do think that that's uh, probably what's holding up. But I wanted to start off three really quick things. One, mm-hmm. 
if Milwaukee gets Capella, um, I, I do not want any Greg Monroe talks, like, at all. I, keep that shit far away from us. That's almost as worse as <laughs> taking on Anderson. Um, keep that no, not far all. away from well, the Well, he, he is an expiring, he's an expiring contract, so that's the yeah. upside. Phil, I don't want that on our court. I do not want that on our court. Um, Greg Monroe was interesting to the Knicks maybe three, four years ago. Not now. Definitely not now. No. Well, you don't need to keep that far away from us. Right. That's That's what I'm saying. But I'm saying if you're Milwaukee, (laughs) if you're Milwaukee, you have Henson, Thon, and Monroe, and then the idea of you getting um, Capella. Now, I know you're saying maybe send Henson to to Houston or something like that. But if you're Yeah, he would have to go to the Knicks. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So that's why I'm like, eh, I don't know. Um, But you're going to have Barry Parker. Hey, listen, that's fine. But if you're telling me I have to take Jabari, uh, I mean, um, I have to take Henson along with Jabari, I'm fine. If you tell me I have to take Monroe with Jabari, I'm then going, eh, let's see what else we can work out. Um, yeah. Also see, I would rather have me. Monroe, actually, just because he's an expiring contract. See, I think, see, I don't, I that think I understand. See, that's not my issue. Productivity is my issue. And I just have not liked what I've seen from Monroe these last couple of years, I do well, not. I think O'Quinn is a better fit um, for us. If you're telling me I had to keep one of those two, um, so yeah, unless but, you're telling me I can go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I'm not trying to interrupt you. I, I'm just saying, like, I don't care if we get Monroe or not. It's, it's not going to do anything for us. If anything, it helps us financially because he's off the books next year. Legit right. off the books. If I'm Milwaukee, I don't know if I want to give up. Uh, that much money but, and take back more money. Like Ryan Anderson and give up the like Greg Monroe doesn't make sense financially. <laughs> you know what right, because I mean? right, he's yeah. inspiring. Yeah, see, that's exactly. why I also, think it would be something like Delavadova, Parker, and Henson, because that kind of matches up with Mello's salary. Um, and that and, matches you know, and Delhi, Delhi would be good. I mean, he's a little overpaid for sure, but he would be good to, to be your starter. He's serviceable. Um, you know, yeah, going into the season. Because, yeah. I mean, you, as of now, Neil Akeen is your, 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 probably your starter to start the season. Yeah. Unless you're going to maybe you play what. Ron Baker. No, well, I tell you what. Even uh, though I love Ron Baker, um, I, I want to He's a spark plug guy. He's an off-the-bench guy. Sessions can oh, okay. too. I can't. Yeah, um, but I did want to add really quick, Nick, before you move forward. I did want to uh, mention this really quick. Um, I'm hearing the reason why Houston hasn't um, Houston and New York uh, trade talks kind of had uh, sizzled down a little bit isn't necessarily because of um, them not being able to get enough back. Like they could work something out to get enough back. I'm I'm hearing that we keep forgetting that guy that's coaching in Houston. Wasn't a fan of Melo when he was over in New York before. So he wasn't all too happy about the idea of bringing him back into his, uh, you know, into a situation where he has to coach him again. And if you're D'Antoni, Harden, Paul, and Melo, that's a lot of ego to have to coach. If you're telling me I only have to worry about Harden, Paul, that's fine. And a Mm -hmm. lot of ball stoppage. And if you know D'Antoni, he kind of wants to score very quickly. So mm. Melo getting the ball in the paint, backing down, post, you know, him doing his whole post-up routine, 
I'm hearing D and Tony isn't too thrilled about the idea of having to uh, to go get Mello because he feels as though with Paul and the team that they have now, they're good. That's what he wants to kind of start the season with and go forward with. He does not necessarily want Mello, but of course, coach the players that uh, that he's given. So if they pull if they pull that trigger, he's going to have to deal with it. But remember, this is a guy who was okay with Lynn and Stoudemire um, when Mello was out that one, uh, you know, for a few uh, few games that one year, and the Knicks were playing at a high level. Um, he was okay with that lineup minus Mello. He wasn't too thrilled when Mello came back and kind of took away from what Lynn, uh, what Lynn was doing. So I'm just, I just want to put that out there. That's, that's what I was hearing. I was hearing he's not that huge on having to bring Mello in. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily know that that would, that would hold up the trade, but I could definitely see it, it, um, it, it making it so that Houston is, is trying to nickel and dime as much as possible. Uh, which in turn can hold up the trade. So I think there's yeah. probably a little credence to that. Um, there's probably just certain pieces that D'Antoni just like, I don't want to give this piece up, and maybe that's Capella. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. It, it'll certainly, um, I, it, it, if the trade happens, I think it'll be interesting. So uh, with, without, uh, without skipping a beat, we're going to move right ahead to the New York Knicks. Um, I y'all go ahead. Y'all just y'all just tell me what you think. They're, they're your team, <laughs> Joel. You can go. <laughs> so we're talking about the Knicks now. Is that what we're yeah. doing? Yeah, we're moving. Yeah, the Knicks. All right, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we got the Knicks. Um, we got the rookie Frank Nilakina that we drafted. You got Tim Hardaway Jr. we signed in the off season for a bajillion dollars. We still have Carmelo <laughs> Anthony. We have uh, Kristaps Porzingis, and we have uh, Billy Hernan Gomez. I like that starting lineup, honestly. I think it's a suitable starting lineup, and I think it's a good starting lineup. Their bench, I like sessions. I've always liked sessions, honestly. Courtney Lee coming off the bench is a, is a huge plus, honestly, because he's more he's more of a starter of anything. Lance Thomas, I always thought it was a decent role player. Michael Beasley, you just talked him up the like earlier. He's a suitable role player off the bench. Mm-hmm. And if you have Noah or O'Quinn, a healthy Joe Kim Noah or O'Quinn is very good uh, coming off the bench. So this Knicks team is pretty damn decent, <laughs> and they could definitely push for being one of the better worst teams with Carmelo Anthony still on this team, which scares the living shit out of me because that's too good for what we need to be right now. <laughs> but that's yeah, fair enough. You know what I mean? I, they're, I think they're good. I like the lineup. I like the young guys. They play that Euro ball. I think they could play it well. This, they have no triangle to worry about. Got no Phil Jackson on anybody's shoulders. I think they'll play free. They'll play good. I can't wait to see our young guys develop. I really like Renan Gomez. I really like Porzingis. I like the draft pick Nilakina. I was talking him up before we drafted him. I like the signing of Hardaway Jr., even though we paid him a jillion dollars. I don't care. Um, I just the whole thing is stuck on Melo. I think Melo just makes us too good <laughs> for what we need to be stuck at the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth seed, which then leaves us all the way from where I want is that the lottery side. But whatever, that's just me as a Knicks fan. I just want to see us get better in the future and not in the middle of the pack that kind of fucks our future. But that's just me. 
Yeah, no, I feel you. As a Hawks fan, you know I'm happy now that the Hawks have finally kind of, <laughs> you know, made that decision yeah. to rebuild. But, hey, man, that's yeah. that's what happens when you give a player a new trade clause. It's, yeah, it's, it's not up to us. It's up to him. So. Yeah, absolutely. Jawan, uh, what are your thoughts? Let me ask you this. Do you think – who do you think will be better, the Pacers or the Knicks? <laughs> they're, like, well, right, they're like the same thing. If it's, if it's up to Joel – He'd rather the Pacers be better, and then they kind of just drift. If um, we're lucky, they'll be better than us. If we're lucky, right. <laughs> um, I'm one of those guys who still believes um, if we have to uh, start the season with Mellow, we can still make a good situation out of a bad one. Um, I've finally come around to agreeing with Joel. We do need to move on from him. Um, but I will never agree with Joel. Um, in the sense of us just being, a, you know, us just kind of drifting to be like a lotto team. Um, people keep forgetting last year before um, that dreadful uh, Christmas day, um, the Knicks were a really good team, like a really good team. When they were focusing on the morning, uh, check offense. No, I said mm. a really good team. I didn't say a great team. I said a really good team. They were playing really yeah. good. They were 500 they were like the and they were team. playing really good basketball. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They weren't – Nick, I'm not saying, like, oh, this team before Christmas was about to challenge LeBron. No, they were just a really no, good no, team. No, 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 no. Um, I still – I, I would take out the really. They were a good team. They were good. They were really were good. good team. They were fun Semantics. Spot. Semantics. Okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, so, if they do have to keep Melo, um, I, I do like the direction Hornetschick can take this team um, with Melo. I agree with Joel said um, that bench would be a really nice bench um, for them. Uh, I, I do see if they end up having to keep Mello this season, um, I do see them being, you know, six, seven, eight around there. I don't want to be a six. I know you don't want that, Joel. I know you don't want that. But if we have to keep Mello. If we have to keep Melo, I don't want him to have to go another season uh, without making the playoffs. It's because Melo's there, and that's the only way I want us to be the sixth seed. Unless, of course, the young guys are that good. If the young guys are that good. Well, no. I'm I'm only speaking in reference to if Melo stays. If Melo doesn't stay and your idea is to tank the season, I could care less. Let's tank it then. But if Melo stays, I don't want him to have to go another season not making the playoffs. Especially when, like, I don't, I don't want to lose on purpose. I just want to tank naturally. Like, we suck because we suck lack of talent. That <laughs> suck because see, I don't. Games. But it's if we were in the West, I'd completely agree with you. It's the East. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but we should, that roster without Melo could could be competitive. Mm, we don't know what we get back first. We have to find out what we get back. No, no, no. Well, I'm just saying. Let, let, let's say let's say you get very little back. Even with Perzingas leading that team, they could still be competitive. They're just just a little yeah, bit more. I don't. So I don't, I don't yeah, think I don't, we're devoid. I don't think, so. I don't think we're devoid of talent. No, I'm not saying this team will be a. You're six, devoid seven, of direction. Uh, no, that, that I'd agree with. But talent, no, I think that team still has talent. I if you take Melo off, and let's not even think about who is, is filling in for Melo. Let's say you take Melo off. I'd still take that Knicks roster over the Pacers roster. No, you are, uh, you're crazy. You uh, are crazy. Tommy per- Yo, come on, Nick. Are you serious? <laughs> are you serious? I, I'm taking that Knicks roster over the Pacers roster. 
how would you how would you run it? Would you? I mean, I guess would you you put Nilakina? Then you have Lee Hardaway starting at the three, Porzingis and Hernan Gomez. With no, what, no, session? no. I'm having no? Thomas at the three. No, I'm having oh, Thomas okay. at the three. I'd start Lance too. Yeah, I'm starting Lance. I, I'm just saying, Nick, on paper, I know they have to actually play the game. But you take out Melo and you bring in, uh, you bring up Lance to start. That team on paper is better than the Pacers. Not, not uh, by a whole man, lot. I don't, but I don't Prazingis, think so, man. Prazingis I mean, Prazingis is Prazingis undoubtedly the best player out of anybody on those two rosters, minus Carmelo. But like, yeah, man, I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, dude. Like, y'all know I love Nilikina. Like, I, I'm not big on sessions. You just you don't have anybody who can lead your lineup. Like Hardaway can't do it. I would know that Lee's not a Lee's not a ball handler. Uh, there's nobody who can who can handle the ball. I mean, at least you guys had Rose last year, who, for all of his flaws, you know, knows how to handle the ball. Like the, you don't you don't have a starting caliber point guard unless Milikina just comes in and is and is good right at the beginning, which I just don't think he will be. I'm just yeah, saying, if you go starting either. lineup versus if you go starting lineup versus starting lineup, I'm talking about the, the whole Knicks, team, though. I'm talking about the depth and everything. Else. I, if we talk whole team, if we talk whole team, I still think Knicks edge it out because they have better they have better talent at certain positions than the Pacers do. Uh, I I just think the Pacers got a more more tight knit team. Um, but all right, let's move on. We got about uh, we got about twelve twelve minutes left. We got about four teams, so we're gonna have to speed through these. Um, the Magic. Uh, we got Alfred Payton, uh, Evan Fournier, uh, Simmons. I think Simmons was a really good pickup for them. Uh, Gordon uh, Vucevic or Vucevic or however the fuck you pronounce that. Um, DJ Augustine. Okay, Vucevic. Uh, Augustine uh, Aflalo, which again I think was a good pickup for them. You got Ross. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could read I – mean, you could probably – I would probably start Simmons over Ross, but you can make an argument for starting Ross over Simmons. Um, you got the young guy, Jonathan Isaac, and you got Biombo, and they picked up Spates. Um, I, I think I yeah. like what the Magic did. I just don't think it's going to be enough for them to make a playoff run. Not not yet, anyway. Um, I like Peyton. I really do. I like Alfred Peyton. I think Fournier had a down year. Um, he had a much better year the year before. I think putting Simmons on that lineup as a, a defensive um, intensity that can work well. Um, let's just hope that he can keep up his play and not kind of be one of those stereotypical um, guys who plays well for the Spurs and then doesn't play well anywhere else. Um, but, I mean, I think they'll be a decent team. I think they'll be one of those middle-of-the-pack teams. Um, they, I, I don't really give them a shot at making the playoffs, but I think they'll – I think they'll be decent. I think they'll probably be like 11, 10, 11, but they won't be that many games behind the AC. Um, Joel, what do you think about the Magic? They're they're, not, they're a team that really confuses me. Like they're like they remind me of the Pacers, but maybe just a little bit worse. But like their center position, like Vucevic, Biombo, Spates, like what? You, where are you gonna find minutes for all, all three of those dudes? Like this is not the 90s. Like I don't like. Honestly, like I'm not sure what they're doing with that. Uh, I like Fournier. I love Simmons. That's the only reason I like the team as much as I do this season. So they they signed Jonathan Simmons, someone I liked a lot. Uh, I like Alfred Payton. Aaron Gordon has he's kind of been disappointing. I mean, he's a decent player, but he hasn't lived up to I think his own potential. 
Uh, Jonathan Isaac was a great draft pick. Uh, Terrence Ross is a decent role player. Aaron Aflalo has been a decent uh, player throughout his career. He's been he's just getting old. He's not what he used to be. DJ Austin's always been a solid backup. So they have a decent roster, but I don't know the direction of this team and how how good they could be with what they got. So they kind of remind me just the worse off version of the Pacers. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, Jawan, what do you think? I completely agree with Joel. All right. <laughs> that makes it easy. Um, all right, moving on. I, definitely a team I want to try to talk a, a good bit about is the Sixers. Um, I, man, it's they're going to be they're going to be such a weird team to watch this year because they added Redick, they added Johnson. Um, obviously, you've got Simmons, uh, who's going to you know finally be getting some starts. Hopefully, Embiid can stay healthy. Um, I actually really like Rashawn Holmes as their backup, though I would expect them to play Okafor more minutes to try and up his trade value. Um, I think it'll be interesting. I think Simmons and Covington will share a lot of minutes at the three, but Simmons will also play the four, and you'll see a little bit of Sarge and Johnson. You could probably even see Johnson backing up and beat a good bit. Um, I expect Reddick to do really well for this team. Fultz, um, you know, if he can come in and click right away with this with this core, he could he could play very well. He's obviously got the talent. Um, I'm still not sold on him. I'm not going to give him a playoff spot yet. Uh, I, if if they tie it together, I might change my tune come midseason. But I'm also banking, man. The injury bug is just it's a crazy thing, and and I don't expect them to stay healthy. Um, but uh, Joel, what do you think about the Sixers? I like the Sixers. <laughs> I think uh, I like them I too. It's just I know, I know. Go. They just can't trust. Them. Like if they could stay healthy, right. they I have them like we're like with Miami. I don't trust them, but I I like them. You know what I mean? I like Fultz. I like like bringing uh, when they picked up Reddick. I like um, Simmons. I I saw, I saw him play before. He's he's really good. If he can stay healthy, he's gonna be. He's gonna. He might win Rookie of the Year. Uh, Darius Sarge is a solid player. Joel Embiid's a beast. He's probably gonna make an All Star team if he stays healthy. Uh, McConnell's a, a decent backup point guard. Stauskas is okay. Covington's a good player. Um, Okafer is a decent backup. Holmes is a pretty good backup. So, if they can stay healthy, they can make an eight seed, in my opinion. Eight seven seed because you know the East. Yeah, yeah, for sure, Jawan. Um, yeah, if they had less um, question marks as far as possibility on health, um, yeah. I'd comfortably give them um, a seventh seed. There's just too right. much talent not to. Um, yeah. I'd even say they're like a shoe-in for seventh seed uh, at least. Um, right. There's just too many question marks around health. If health wasn't an issue, I'd, I'd easily give them six or seven because they're Agreed. just that talented. Yeah, I agree. And there's just so many health concerns with the team. And I think I think adding the, the veterans that they did really helps them out too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it'll just be – it'll be the question of can they stay healthy and, and you know, which of them can stay healthy. Because, I mean, obviously you've got several different players who, who are injury prone. Um, so, I mean – And also, you know. also a huge thing they need to get done this year is um, – rising the trade value of Okafor and getting rid of him. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. They got to move him. They got to move him. Um, all right, sure. so on to – we got two more teams. On to Toronto. 
Uh, they're garbage. No, I'm just like, <laughs> that's, sorry, Joanna, I stole your line. Um, <laughs> well, no, here's the thing. Yeah, I know. Here's the thing. I think Toronto's going to take a step back. They they brought back Lowry. They brought back Ibaka, but they had to get rid of, um, they had to get rid of Corey Joseph, and they had to get rid of um, uh, uh, Mark Carroll. Um, so mm-hmm. they don't really have a reliable backup point guard. Uh, Powell is great um, to back up DeRozan or even start at the three. C.J. Miles is good. I think Powell will take up a lot of those backup minutes between both DeRozan and Miles. But uh, they don't really have a good backup four. They got a Baca, and then I think their next best player is Siakam. Um, and he's yeah. just Bad. not reliable. And Anobi <laughs> could be really good, but he's hurt. So we don't know what we're going to get out of him. They're They're set at the center. They're fine there, but um, I, they're just thin, man. They're really thin, and I think they could possibly be uh, in in line for a first round exit this year. I really think that that's a distinct possibility. Joel, what do you think? Uh, Toronto is Toronto. I do. I agree, though. I think they took a step. They're going to take a step back. I think they are going to be a playoff team, regardless. Um, mm-hmm. I like their starting lineup. I like Lowry. I like DeRozan. That's that's going to be the reason they get there. If C.J. Miles is a starter, I like C.J. Miles. He can shoot it, and he had a great shooting year last year. Abaka Valachunas, they worked well together, and Abaka could play even play some center. Uh, their benches were really – it's the question marks. Who's really going to back up Lowry? Is it going to be Van Fleet or is it going to be Dallin Wright? Is, uh, Powell's a great uh, a great player. I like him. At, he can play some two. He can play some three. They can play – they're definitely going to play some three. Um, I don't know. Aside from Powell, who else is going to back up C.J.? Is a good, Kabako, he never gets minutes. Really, Ananobi, if he's healthy, he's going to be a great uh, addition to the team, but he has to be healthy. And you're like, there's really thin at the four. Sayakam was okay when he took over when this guy was hurt, but it's just, I don't know what I'm going to get from Sayakam consistently. And then after that, like, Nogueira's decent, but, yeah, they're they're just, and Potal, I think his name was, uh, him too, he's okay. But their bench scares me, and that's what I think is going to keep them from going anything further than maybe the first round. If they get past the first round, then they probably made a trade. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Jawan. Um, You guys know I am a huge huge believer in the uh, (laughs) – Lack of faith that I have in the Toronto Raptors. Um, they're going to be the same as they are every year. <laughs> Can that be my answer? Yeah. So yeah, gonna... that's, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> what you, yeah, what I, you see I think them... I, I, yeah, I mean, okay. I, I, see them, I see them in a steady decline, They and they've been that way for the past yeah. three years. I do yeah. like the Cajun pickup. Honestly, yeah. I thought, and you guys are going to call me crazy, I thought their best chance for the future – would have been to let Kyle Lowry go and see what you can do maybe about um, a point guard for the future because uh, he's clearly not. Uh, when they need him the most, it's an injury. It's just coming up short. It's a deer in the headlights. DeMar hater. DeRozan is, is big hater. He's, he's like a lone, he's a lone man out there. Uh, every playoff, DeMar DeRozan's out there carrying the load, and here comes Kyle Lowry. Oh, my thumb. Up, oh, sorry, I'm just coming up 10 points tonight. Up, oh, sorry, guys. So they'll be the same team they are every year. Uh, the only chance they had at getting better was getting rid of uh, Kyle Lowry and building a point guard for the future. Yeah, I mean, I, I, can't, I, thought I, can't, really, I can't really argue. So, 
Um, all right, last team. We got about two minutes. Uh, Washington Wizards. I like the Wizards. They were good last year. I think they're going to be really good this year. They got Wall. They got Beal. They got Porter. They got Morris. They got Gertrude. So they got the whole starting lineup coming back. I like the trade where they got Tim Frazier. He'll be a good backup. Picking up Joey Meeks was good. They got Kev Obre. They kept Smith. I think you'll hopefully get to see more minutes from the Hemney this year, if, as long as he can stay healthy. Um, if that core can stay healthy, that's a good 10-man rotation, and I think uh, I think they could definitely make the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Um, Joel, what do you think? Yeah, Wizards are going to definitely be the third best team in this league. Um, I like they they've improved their bench. They're basically the same team as last year, but what a better bench, more firepower. Uh, I don't know how much better they're going to be, but I do think they're going to be great, and uh, I think they're going to be a, a, a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely, Jawan. I wanted to argue with Joel about them possibly being a third seed, but I, I honestly think they're uh, better constructed than the, the Bucks. Um, they're going to be a really, really, really tough team. Uh, they have that mental toughness, and that's always something people just gloss over, but mental toughness is very important, especially come playoffs. They um, and they most definitely have it. I, I thought they had the swagger to knock off the Cavs last year. Um, so, I mean, I, we'll definitely see, but it's, it's – it's going to be rough out there for the East uh, going up against these guys. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back next week to break down the West. Peace out, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to Full Court Press. Thank you. Bye-bye. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.